0: A reading from Full Circle, Coming Home to the Faithfulness of God by Athena Dean Holtz with Inger Logelin. Home is something I ran from. The ties, the disapproval, the hypocrisy. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted the acclamation and attention I got from performing, from being out front, from being seen. I pulled away from my parents, especially my mom, husband, children, into the arms of what I thought would bring me happiness. Along the way, I allowed myself to be deceived by abuse, Scientology, mysticism, and eventually 12 years in a restrictive legalistic cult, posing as a church that took everything from me. This is my story of how God brought me full circle, how he brought me home to a place I had always longed for, but never knew how to find. Athena Dean Holtz, January 2017. An excerpt. I woke up groggy from the anesthesia, clutching my empty abdomen. My baby, my baby was gone. My soft center, the place where my heart should be, felt like a rock. I will not cry, I will not cry. The man who said he loved me was gone. He started walking away, easing out when I told him about the baby. I guess he isn't going to leave his wife for me after all. Used, I feel used like a crumpled old tissue. Your life will be ruined, Athena. The last thing you need is a baby. No, the last thing I need is to trust someone, to trust anyone. I'll never let anyone use me again. Welcome. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am welcoming this beautiful, remarkable woman, Athena Dean Holtz, today to the show. The life story of Athena Dean Holtz is a tale of a search for affirmation, meaning, and significance, and that trapped her in spiritual deception and caused her to lose everything she had. This is not a story that is fictional. It is absolutely true. It's a story. Her book, Full Circle, which I've already told you about and read from, Coming Home to the Faithfulness of God, is a story of restoration. And it's about a love lost and found. And I just can't quit smiling because she's just so... Lovely. And her story is so redemptive out of the great loss of her marriage, family relationships, home, her reputation, and a 20 year career in publishing, which is where I first met Athena uh, moons ago. Uh, You'll hear a little more about that later. After 12 years in a toxic and restrictive cult has come her story of restoration. She's the founder and publisher of the Hybrid Redemption Press, and recently, just so hot off the press, was named Best Female Podcast Host of the Year by the National Spark Media Conference. Her winning all things podcast uses Romans 828 as a theme. So we'll give you all the connections to Athena uh, at in our show notes. So don't, don't worry about having to write anything down. I really want you to just find a quiet place if you can and find a posture in which you can receive the words that are getting ready to come your way.
1: Welcome. Thank you, my
0: friend. Thank you. It's so good to be with you today. I'm so happy to have you here. And you're coming from Washington State, beautiful Washington State. Where it is sunny
1: today. Yay! <laughs>
0: yes, I'm sure that's a great thing. Yes been there but I'm going to be there. I'm coming. I want to come so badly. Um you start with this quote at the beginning of the book by Kimberly Giles and it reads, "All bad behavior is really a request for love, attention, and validation." I tell you what, when I read that, it took my breath away. And as I read through your book, It speaks exactly so much to your journey. And you write that you wanted approval from day one. So if you would just fill us in just a little bit from your heart and your story of perhaps some of those rudimentary foundational parts of your family of origins that you grew up in that perhaps will inform us of some of these choices that you made later in life, because we here in the Stronger Everyday Community, 1000% know that when you receive secure attachment as a young'un from birth on, life really plays out differently. It won't be perfect, it won't be uh, trauma-free, but if we can be born into a family, so it's very important to us here to almost um hear these stories examine them learn and grow and so that we can if we didn't receive secure attachment learn how to do that so it's a very important that's why i wanted you here because of uh you're going to image for us how we can find our way to secure attachment to god particularly but if you would just tell us a little about your story you bet um Mm. my really first
1: memories of uh childhood, were my mom basically saying, why can't you be like your brother? Ah, <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I've like, heard that. Yeah. He's like the perfect, quiet, obedient, like, you know, yeah. whatever she was. He was like the dream child.
0: Wow. Yeah. And he was
1: three years older than me.
0: going to say he's the firstborn.
1: Yep. And I come out from the get-go screaming and yelling and, you know, uh, just causing a ruckus.
0: Vivacious.
1: Oh my gosh. But my mom hated that. She absolutely, I tested her beyond what she had to uh, respond with. And so it was always this, you're not, you're not good enough the way you are, you need to be like this other person.
0: You need so, to calm down, right?
1: Yeah, and and
0: it's like, oh, you need to be not what God made you. You need yes. to be what I want you to be. Ooh, say that again. Say it again, because that's so powerful. You need to not
1: be what God made you. You need to be what I need you to be. And And my mom wasn't even a very nice, you know, mm-hmm. loving person. She was, you know, very critical all the time. Mm-hmm. every, I mean, just judgmental and critical. So, you know, you, you take that yeah, and yeah. then you take a dad who he was the one who gave me love and affirmation, but it was always, if I was on display and on, and I was showing uh success and I was, you know, in front of the camera and I was performing, Yeah, that was how I got my uh, encouragement, my affirmation. Right. And, you know, and he, at the same time, me didn't, I, I didn't know it at the time. Didn't find out until my teenage years, he was living a double life. He had some girlfriend right. on the side and came home and acted like the doting, wonderful husband and father. Right. secrets. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Family so, secrets. And he was, if I, if I recall correctly, he was a very, um, Influential, very um, successful salesman in his field, so yeah. became very prosperous. But he traveled a lot, so he was gone a lot. Exactly. And something significant in your story really spoke to me was that in a, an early picture with your mom, your brother, and yourself, you and your dad's not in it. You're actually reaching out, like to something, to get away, like you know, you're not you're not cuddled up against mama, you know, they're at very young age already. Like what, what were, were you reaching for? Right. Yeah. something I didn't have, and wasn't getting, obviously. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a powerful picture, a uh, mental picture uh, of your, your inner, your inner self, your child, you know, like oh, help somebody. Yeah. yeah. And
1: you know, that, because I was, gregarious and outgoing, strong-willed, all those things that frustrate parents. Uh, And I think, you know, I think that's probably just a tendency of parents. Mm -hmm. If they don't understand uh, just all of that, they will try and squash that. Oh yeah. They can't control it. When that's the strength of that child and needs to be nurtured and directed. Yes. Instead, it was like, this, this is not acceptable.
0: It's not okay to be you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really not okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, between the mom and the dad, and then an older and a younger brother who really they never nurtured family relationships. So, we Uh were just like three people, strangers in this house that really, I mean, it's only been the last 10 years that we've actually had relationship between my siblings and I because it just was never nurtured at Mm -hmm. all in our
0: home. I can't believe you just said that. Actually this none of this is planned, guys. Heartlifters listen here. So I mean I had a very early morning dawn family uh session, client session with uh two adult children and the uh, the mom and the dad who are I mean it's just miraculous when a family at that stage with kids in their almost close to 30 coming together for a mediation or for what I would actually just call a family system communication coaching. You know, how can we do better? And it typically starts with, it started with the young man and then it brought in the whole family. And that's why I work with family systems. And so it's just miraculous to me when a family who perhaps like you and like myself didn't get that as in a family of origin to come together. And I just was like in tears, like I can't believe how miraculous it is that you're coming together to actually learn how, as the mom said at the very end, well, we're just really now learning how to have some extra care and get to know each other. I'm like, yeah, that's well said. Right. So this is a call out here. This is a break, a call out already so early on that perhaps when you're sitting or in your family now, you're still rushing around and they, they must've said busy 5,000 times. I'm like, you know, stop with the busy word, you know, just stop it, stop. So I just want to take a little pause time here. Thank you, Athena, for just calling us all to, it's never too late to have a great family. It's never too late to have a great family. So I love that your siblings are getting close. Yeah. The mm-hmm. uh, the other similar kind of
1: parallel relationship was I don't Aww, want you. You're always- okay. <laughs> oh, I love you. I, cry. I always
0: cry it's in It's okay. It just I do. I but- love it. I love you're so tender. That's what I loved about seeing you again. It was just that instant tenderness. You came up right in my face, you know, it just started affirming me. It's like, yes, thank you. Well, yes,
1: but part of, you know, as we talk through my story and my years of spiritual abuse affected, you know, my children pushing mm. them away because they didn't go along with the plan of the yeah that was, you know, trying to manipulate me and not trying to, he was, he was, Um, but just uh, when I think about that in the last, I'd say five years or so, every time I go down to visit him, we go to counseling together and it's like, so
0: good. I'm so proud of you. Oh my gosh. That gives me chills. That's so brave. It's so brave. It's so brave for us as uh, mamas, older mamas with the adult children, I mean, older in a great way, older, wiser, you know, to be able to say, boy, I'm sorry. Yeah. I made some, I made some difficult, bad, bad choices. But remember, remember, we're going to keep Kimberly Giles quote in the forefront, prefrontal right here, cortex here, all bad behavior. And I love that she used the universal statement of all, because I I think this could be validated and verified. (laughs) All bad behavior is really a request for love, attention, and validation. So I love that you are humble enough to come back to adult children, which my husband and I are both doing as well and saying, okay, these are things that we didn't do. We didn't know. We didn't know. And I always say, when you know, when you know better, you can do better. So we'll get back to that, Athena, but take me back for a moment to where Uh, you think we were talking about it before we came on where the door opened up for Satan himself, evil one liar to get his foot in your life, get a foothold. We took a lot about fatal footholds here in this community. And I mentioned a book called um, the devil takes the youngest. It's a very old book, not even sure it's still in publication, but should be. Um, but it talks about how Satan will just do everything he can to get a hold in your life from the earliest of ages. And sometimes it's from the womb. So where, where might that door have opened up? That was um, when I was five and I,
1: you know, of course didn't even remember it till I was about 40. Right, Uh,
0: Right. But at
1: five, we had, we were living in Atlanta and my dad was, you know, kind of his career was taking off. He was now a sales manager with Britannica and we had a house with a pool. And so we were, we were, we were living the dream and, uh, or his dream. He was living the dream, (laughs) (laughs) but we had a maid and her name was Odessa and big, kind of overweight, um, black woman who was just, she, she was very, comforting as a, as yes. a that image of, you know, bringing comfort, which of course I didn't get yes. from my mom. My mom was very cold. Mm. And so she was very warm and just, you know, when she, Lovey. Would, yeah, when she would hold me, I would just melt into her, all her, you know, uh, extra, extra, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but somewhere right around five years old, she began to molest me. Uh, at night before I went to bed and she would come in and tuck me in and start uh, fondling me and you know saying things like well you know this this you can look forward to this 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 is something that we're gonna you, keep doing you're gonna love yeah and oh wow yeah,
0: yeah. Wow.
1: And, and who would have guessed you know I mean that just I I didn't because because she was such a uh sure Nurture, yeah. I I mean it was kind of like this doesn't feel right, but it feels right, you know. So that sure conflict that then of course uh down the road in my teenage years, I mean I was became boy
0: crazy, sure. you know, was right. crazy, uh promiscuous and yeah. well you know, once that started. like yeah, Song of Solomon says, you know, do not awaken love until it's time. Right and I see this pattern so much with children who have been molested or have had childhood sexual abuse. And it's, you know, you wonder why that would open the door to promiscuity, but it just does because you're that's, you've now said, Oh, this is my worth. This is how I feel better about myself, but please go go on.
1: Well, and that just, um, I, I really only remember, uh, one incident of her doing that. So a lot of it was just pretty much blocked out. There was, there's a lot in my childhood that still Mm -hmm. is, you know, I don't remember. I I remember because my dad took, uh, I guess it was 16 millimeter movies back then in the six, right. Um, And had his big bank of lights and Mm. was always taking pictures of, you know, me jumping in the pool and doing things and riding my horses and doing all these things. So though it's
0: like, those are the memories that I have. And the, exactly. So then you, rather than my own. Yes. And is it true to say that you probably at some point go, that didn't really happen. I well or or it felt like the abuse, the abuse,
1: sexual abuse. um, Yeah. No, I think when I remembered it, okay. I, see, I don't remember any thought processing of it. as a it. Child. I, right. I do not remember. All mm-hmm. I remember was when I had, when the memory surfaced, when I was 40, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, no wonder.
0: Yes. You
1: know, no wonder I went off the off- rail.
0: Right. <sighs> now it makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. Connecting the dots. <laughs> Connecting the dots. Yes. So you go into teenage land and you're promiscuous. And that led you, you're now moved from Atlanta, I believe. You moved to Chicago. We moved mm-hmm. to Chicago, had an indoor pool, had this great oh.
1: big, huge. I mean, my dad was making a million a year. Oh wow. This was when I was 16. So that's 68 uh or 69. And he, you know, I mean, he was very successful. And I was just, I was just a wild child. I mean, I yeah. was just, you know, and riding my horses, that was again my one of the ways I got affirmed because my dad would buy me horses, spend all this money for me to go and ride them and show them and be right in the spotlight, which is that thing I craved because yes. that was that was the only kind of love that I got as a child was in his spotlight of the bank of lights and the rolling film. And right.
0: uh, Yeah. I love that you tie that too, though. I love that you tie it to your love for media though, you know, that it's like you were born naturally gifted and naturally endowed by God to actually be in front of a camera or make others, you know, be in that, that realm of life. So that's a natural propensity, a gifting, vivaciousness, you know, a people collector, a gatherer, because it's what you do, you know, it's like people just want to be around that space. And so it's a natural gifting. Satan gets a toe in the door, you know, or a whole dang leg and body at that point in your life. And, you know, it just goes askew. It goes askew due to these trauma, these early childhood traumas. Yeah. So you're in Chicago, living the high life, whatever. Going horses, doing all
1: that. And that was when I was hanging out with, uh, in the music industry and uh, ended up getting pregnant uh, at 19. I got pregnant and I was sure he was going to leave his wife and three kids and marry me because of course that's what he said
0: of course
1: um when i i and so i i wanted that baby with everything in me (sighs) and when i actually finally told my dad what was going on um he was like that'll ruin your life you absolutely cannot do this i mean he just took charge and i think it was about 1972 when this happened Yep. so Abortion wasn't even an a, a legal option. No. But he he had his connections and he set me up. I do not I do not even remember that day wow. of actually going to the hospital and or going wherever I went and having that proceed. Right. What I do remember was the day after. Ah. And that was I was they had me in my brother's room because um at this point i they they'd moved into a condo didn't i didn't have my beautiful room anymore and so i was in my brother's room i had like toxemia or something I high high oh, fever sick yeah it was really bad but i remember the one thing that i remember from that day is this you know i'm in pain mm-hmm. i'm you know feeling uh, used yeah. Kind of just, just really tossed uh, over toss toss to, to the side. You know, just like because when it came down to it, he didn't want the baby. He didn't want me. He didn't, you know. So yeah. i have been rejected. I'd been sure. used and abandoned. Now, and now I'm like sick on my sick bed, you know, delir, almost delirious. Yes. And I just went, you know what? No hmm. one's ever going to use me
0: again. I made yeah. a vow. I, write, I wrote that down. Big vow here. Big vow, 1972. I will never let anyone use me again.
1: Oh, so what did I do?
0: I <laughs> let be- people use you again.
1: <laughs> I became the user. Oh. And I began, you know, with those gifts that, I mean, I was had very much the personality of my dad, not my mom.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Right. Yeah.
1: So I just began to look for ways to... Uh, you know, succeed in life, make money, you know, but it was all, it was all about me getting what I needed and using others to do it.
0: And wow, what a confession, what a truth, honest place you must have, must have got, that's about Excuse that. Edit that Woo. out. Woo. And I'm not going to. I'm human. Um, right. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. I use words for a living. Um, No, it, it. What a moment that must have been in your life to have been that honest with yourself. You know, to look back and go, I'm not going to ever be used again. But in subconsciously going ahead and, and starting to use other people. Um. That seems very natural to do when you've been in that kind of trauma situation. And so, but thank God we're we're talking about full circle here today, coming yes. home to the faithfulness of God. I did repent for that when yes. I realized that I was because I had become the yes. user instead of the u Z. But at least you became conscious of it, though. So talk to us because a huge part of your story and one that I respect deeply is you foyered into, you journeyed into, well, you actually came by it honestly, because, uh, you have a history of it in your family into new age, into the unity movement, into, um, other ways of finding peace in your life. We might say, you know, because I think you're just seriously, we're looking for peace.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and acceptance,
1: acceptance, correct. which every, when I look back, whether it was unity or uh, yoga or the um, 12 ascended masters or Mm. any of the uh, Scientology, right? um, all of those movements that I got swept up into were all had an element of welcoming me. Mm. Oh, that's huge. Giving me what I missed as a child yes. and, uh, so it was the counterfeit, but I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't go to VBS or Iwana or any of those things as a child, nor I did I, I didn't have that kind of upbringing. So I didn't, I didn't know I, I could sense the spirit of God calling me and, and drawing mm. me, but I didn't know. I mean, I, at one point I thought, oh, if I want to be spiritual, I guess I need to be a nun. Oh, me too.
0: We have that in common. (laughs) We do. 1980. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So that, you know, to, to have that be my understanding of what it meant, uh, you know, to love God. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, I got swept from one thing to another and they all, especially, you know, Scientology was like this big family and they, in and I was part of this family we were doing a greater purpose we we're going to clear the planet and all of this and I worked at the celebrity center where I signed up John Travolta for his wow. first class in Scientology when he was just a struggling actor on Welcome Back Cotter and just uh all of these counterfeits
0: counterfeits that, that word because the enemy I mean he he mm. had shiny a, and sparkly yeah. and looks good yep Yep. Funny and sparkly. Right. Yep. Feels good. Yep. Feels welcoming. Yeah. I've been there and done that for sure. Same you know,
1: he's an angel of light and he's he good does. at it.
0: He's extremely good at it actually. Yes, yeah. for sure. So you become um, addicted. You write to being associated with famous people. They made you feel significant by association seven years. I really cannot encourage you heart lifters. I I almost like full circle. Your book, Athena is also like a, a a primer, a primer on understanding the counterfeit. And that's what I'm really gleaning from it. Cause I can, you can hear about Travolta and, you know, Tom Cruise and all that Scientology, but I've never, I wouldn't want to go investigate it deeply, but you give us a primer just enough to understand the counterfeit and to be able to identify the counterfeits in our life, which is what you've been you've really been speaking to me to be a little bit more attuned and aware of any counterfeits that I might have in my life from that are offering me a counterfeit peace even outside of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the powerful Trinity. So then you move into getting married. I want to just move move us along because there's one huge big question I want you to really be able to teach us about. So you get married to Carl. Yep. You're 26. Yep. Okay. Pregnant. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that, that season.
1: Well, I was in Scientology. This is during that period of time where I actually joined the like greater picture was called the Sea Org, S-E-A, the Sea Org, which was, I mean, this sounds... So crazy, but I actually signed a billion year contract because of course, Scientology believes in past lives. Okay. And so I signed a billion year contract that I was on this team and we were going to clear the planet. And I was giving everything I had to this cause. Wow.
0: Thinking it was the real deal can I ask you what they're clearing the planet up, planet of up? because I've never heard that before I don't want to need I don't want to get deep into it I just want to what does that mean
1: well um, aberrations it was the key okay. word and and the guy who founded it who was a nutcase um, but he was a he wrote science fiction and he mm-hmm. I mean so much of it was like completely demonically inspired now I can see that now you time, can yeah you just wrapped up in all these celebrities and all this, you know, welcome and the acceptance. Blammer. Right. Exactly. Okay. But mm-hmm. his whole thing was, you know, finding the things in your life that trigger you, that cause bad behavior, uh, those traumas, and then going back to find an earlier, similar trauma and then finding and going back far enough to find the past life where you had ah. started so, you know, there's like a glimmer, there's always in those kinds of movements, there is a glimmer of truth. There is yes. a kernel of truth that then gets distorted and leads you off, but, but, but that piece mm-hmm. of truth is what gives them the credibility and yeah. enables you to go, wow, that, that really did something for me. I get that, mm-hmm. I see that in reality. And then that just softens you up toward, then you don't question as much as you Correct. move along. And then when things are introduced that are off the wall, cuckoo nuts, you don't question it because you've been groomed
0: yeah, and believe- almost brainwashed. Correct. Right. Oh,
1: absolutely. brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, uh, marrying the guy that I married was, um, his position within the organization was kind of like a Scientology cop. Interesting. So they were the ethics officers who oh, interesting. had to make yeah. sure that if people were not to- towing the line or doing what they were supposed to be doing, they got disciplined for it. Wow. So, so this was a guy who I had, you know, I mean, I'd never been around any sort of situation where a male A physically abused a female Mm -hmm. non-sexually but hitting or or whatever that kind of violence and so I mean we got married and it was not three days after we got Mm -hmm. married that he gave me a black eye and I was like what in the world is this Mm -hmm. it was Like I'm sure I didn't even know what to think about. I'd never been around that at all, so
0: I didn't grow up. No, me either. And beat women up. I remember being hit in a hotel room and thinking, first time I've ever confessed that out loud. But thinking, well, that was interesting. What was that all about? Right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Of course, same
1: response we give when we've been you know, uh, sexually abused or raped or what did I do? I must have done this. I must have
0: caused this. That is the biggest lie of it the is. enemy. It oh is a lie. Gosh. Huge. lie. Yes. Go ahead. Preach it on to us. Yes. Okay. So that basically turned into
1: a four year marriage mm. that was filled with consistent domestic violence to the point where four years in with my, um, six month old, my second Mm -hmm. child. Um, he basically
0: broke my arm while I was nursing my six. Goodness gracious. When I read that, I just had to close the book for a minute. I did please read Athena's story. It's so powerfully empowering. Yes. So So how long did it, it go on after that? Okay. That was it. I, the next day, um, when he went to work, I threw everything in the car and I ran. Were you scared? Were you fearful for like, of taking, like, I'm going to leave and take my two sons who were little. Mm -hmm. I know so many women caught in a difficult marriage and they just think I wouldn't be able to make it on my own. Yeah. I was scared. And I, again,
1: I don't remember a lot of that time. I, you know, I'm stressed, man, I guess, really good at just blocking out (laughs) stressful times in my life. But, you know, I I, I do remember that fear, that fear that he was going to stalk me, that he was going to find me, that he was going to hurt me. But and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a Christian then. I didn't Mm -hmm. uh, you know I wasn't crying out to God saying, Lord, protect me but he was, he, <laughs> he certainly
0: was. was, he was present he when you
1: didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, uh, mo- you know, kind of moved into a divorce and I, um, you know, I got the kids, he could, he couldn't really hold down a job. I was basic- basically the breadwinner. That was a little bit of the problem, problem. Yeah. strong willed woman who is mm-hmm. successful at what she does. The enemy will bring you know, guys into that life where, you know, they're offended that you- are better than they
0: are, right? Or more successful than they are in in essence, right? Exactly, exactly. So So um, you're very successful, you're moving on. Heartlifters, we're going to pause here and uh, just take in the beginning of Athena's story. You know, I think sometimes when we really are honest and vulnerable and tell our story, it can almost sound like a fictional novel. Like this story Athena is telling us, when I first read it, I thought, wow, this, this just can't be real. But having been privileged, very privileged to sit with many, many, many childhood trauma victims, I know for a fact that even in their own minds, it feels like it, it's fiction. I can't tell you how many times I have heard my clients say, this couldn't really have happened, right? Like, I'm, I've got to be making this up. And many of them were told they were making it up. They weren't validated. And so I wanted to share Athena's story for many reasons and share it in our spiritual formation bonus sessions this summer because she walked through many, many, many facets of places and spaces that declared the light, right? But not the capital L light. And I wanted to read from 1 John 2 verses 18 to 26 where We are warned, actually, of these types of institutions, organizations, systems that might give us a little bit of truth, but not the capital T truth that we know Jesus Christ brings to us. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. They went out from us, but they were not us. So what John's saying here is, you know, they were walking with us. They were part of the way, but then they left the way, capital W-A-Y, and they continued without them. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. So they broke off. They took the little bit of truth, a little bit of light, and created their own institution, system, religion, whatever. Verse 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. Heartlifters, we have been anointed by the Holy One, and we have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth." Athena is sharing many, many of the lies that she believed is true. And that comes from a childhood where things were skewed. And many of us have experienced that. And we live in a very, very confusing, confusing world these days. that he made to us eternal life so good i write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you so athena's story just leads us into a time of introspection a time of really setting some time apart in our lives to go what am i believing in my life that's not true capital t what is not truth capital t Am I still believing? Let's just take it down to the minutia, the minutia, is that how you say it? Manisha, <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's just take it down to the basics. <sighs> Am I still believing I'm not good enough? Am I still believing I should be doing more? Am I still believing that I'm damaged goods? Am I still believing that, and you fill in your blank. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Who is still trying to deceive you? Who is not allowing you to think for yourself, to speak up for yourself, to know your truth, to know who you are? But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. That's a powerful scripture. That is 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing. That you received from him. And I'm going to add here, when you became a follower of the Jesus way, I love saying it that way. You want to walk in his footsteps. You read his word. You pray to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for that reason. The anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. I mean, just sit with that. I'm going to be, I'm taking that away with me. I'm getting ready to go away for the weekend. I'm going to take that away from me. I'm going to sit by the ocean and I'm going to think about that. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, mm, abide in him. I'm going to stop there. Very powerful message. Gives us some food to to think about, some food for thought as we think about this powerful story of Athena and all that she endured so that she could find the truth, find the light, and then therefore be a witness to that light, which she is. So I pray. I pray that this first part of our conversation will just speak to you and invite you to perhaps look at your own life and your own heart and examine, are there any lies? Is there any deception? Are there blind spots? Maybe meet with a friend, a counselor, a spiritual director, a therapist, someone who can also sit with you and walk with you and abide with you and help you perhaps find these areas in your life where you really want to bring in all the truth let's be done with living lies let's be done with letting others steal our joy and rob us of our identity let's be who God created us to be who he breathed into us to be And I wanted to read from 1 John 2, verses 18 to 26, where we are warned, actually, of these types of institutions, organizations, systems that might give us a little bit of truth, but not the capital T truth that we know Jesus Christ brings to us. Children, it is the last hour and as you have heard that antichrist is coming, so now many antichrists have come. Therefore we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. They went out from us, but they were not us. So what John's saying here is you know they were walking with us, they were part of the way, but then they left the way, capital W A Y, and they continued without them. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. So they broke off. They took the little bit of truth, a little bit of light and created their own institution, system, religion, whatever. Verse 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy one and you all have knowledge. Heartlifters, we have been anointed by the Holy one and we have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Athena is sharing many, many of the lies that she believed is true. And that comes from a childhood where things were skewed. And many of us have experienced that. And we live in a very, very confusing, confusing world these days. That he made to us eternal life. So good. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. So Athena's story just leads us into a time of introspection, a time of really setting some time apart in our lives to go, what am I believing in my life that's not true? Capital T. What is not truth? Capital T. Am I still believing? Let's just take it down to the minutia. The minutia is that how you say it? Minutia. <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's just take it down to the basics. <sighs> Am I still believing I'm not good enough? Am I still believing I should be doing more? Am I still believing that I'm damaged goods? Am I still believing that? And you fill in your blank. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Who is still trying to deceive you? Who is not allowing you to think for yourself, to speak up for yourself, to know your truth, to know who you are? But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. That's a powerful scripture. That is 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing that you received from him, and I'm going to add here, when you became a follower of the Jesus way, I love saying it that way. You want to walk in his footsteps. You read his word. You pray to God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. For that reason, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. I mean, just sit with that. I'm going to be, I'm taking that away with me. I'm getting ready to go away for the weekend. I'm going to take that away from me. I'm going to sit by the ocean and I'm going to think about that. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, mm, abide in him. I'm going to stop there. Very powerful message. Gives us some food to think to think about some food for thought as we think about this powerful story of Athena and all that she endured so that she could find the truth, find the light, and then therefore be a witness to that light, which she is. So I pray. I pray that this first part of our conversation will just speak to you and invite you to perhaps look at your own life and your own heart And examine, are there any lies? Is there any deception? Are there blind spots? Maybe meet with a friend, a counselor, a spiritual director, a therapist. Someone who can also sit with you and walk with you and abide with you. And help you perhaps find these areas in your life where you really want to bring in all the truth. Let's be done with living lies. Let's be done with letting others steal our joy and rob us of our identity. Let's be who God created us to be, who he breathed into us to be.